guys, and welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike here with my co-host, Matt, and today we have a special guest. You may know him as Fifth Quarter, but his name is CJ Olson, and he is an SMU fan. So we now have two group of five teams on the podcast with Washington and Southern Methodist. How you doing, oh, CJ? How you doing, so Matt? so funny, Mike. Yeah, I'm great. I, w- I could have been better off without that joke. To start it wasn't it. very good. but We're starting know, early today, I see. Always. CJ, how are you? I uh, I appreciate the joke, especially since, you know, right now I'm kind of manifesting. We all end up in the same conference together. So I, <laughs> I enjoy the, the camaraderie. I will be a Eastern Washington fan if that happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> stop thinking you're so high and mighty about the rest of the pack. Mike. Listen, dog. Listen. <laughs> just money-wise, it's just like why, one of these things is not like the other. Mm. I'm sure. That's why you guys are staying in the conference, right? Fuck you, Matt. You're gonna <laughs> you're making you're gonna make me as depressed as you are when it comes to my team. Oh, that'll never happen. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, CJ, go Stangs, right, man? Pony up. So, yes, uh, you kind of encroached on it a little bit with the uh, conference realignment, hoping we're in the same conference. How do you how do you think this uh, conference realignment will start with SMU? How does it play out for SMU? Like if you if you truthfully had to guess, how does it play out? Well, I mean, I truthfully had to guess. I, you know, I'm a a depressed realist, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna say most likely it's going to end up where wherever SMU ends up, it's not going to be whatever the power and then insert number is. It's going to be in that next step below. And so I don't know what that's going to end up being, whether that's like the Mountain West or the Conference USA AC 2.0 or what. But I just have a feeling that it's going to be one step down. But I'm kind of hoping that uh, there's like a PAC and ACC merger that once they get this grant of rights nonsense figured out that like SMU can almost be like the bridge between them uh, because that kind of unites them to make them into like a national conference uh, rather than just like two coastlines, which would be weird like to have two divisions of basically two completely separate conferences in one conference so i would kind of like that kind of like in between uh have you read that granite rights no uh i'm gonna be honest i don't have any interest in reading what however long that grant of rights is but i know that it's pretty hard to get around it's so a lot of the other ones like the pac 12s is kind of weak uh the big tens is pretty strong the secs is obviously strong the big 12s was meh but the ACCs is tough. They're getting out of that would cost them more than it cost for two teams to get out of that grant of rights. It will cost the same as what ESPN paid for the SEC, the entire conference. Huh. was that yeah. Notre Dame's holdup? Because weren't they technically in that or no? Notre Dame is not beholden to that for football. They're beholden to that for everything okay. else. But it would cost them sixty million to get out of that. Jeez. Which hmm, sixty million? Who cares? Yeah. Now, obviously. A that's lot a lot of money, of money but to these big universities who cares yeah, that's a scholarship <laughs> or that's like a a set of scholarships where are you going that's one scholarship <laughs> no 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 it's CJ's not one scholarship but it's like a scholarship fund i guess yeah, is yeah, yeah, the cj is enrolled yeah. at harvard for 60 million a year <laughs> yeah. yeah so smu would be an interesting team to add the one thing that you know would kind of be hard pressed is now you know they're kind of in a in a live or die situation here now but the pac-12 has been very hesitant to be partnered with religious schools in any sort of way yeah that's why byu never got an invite to the pac-12 
I I'm, still think with all this chaos, though, you're going to end up with that kind of having to be thrown out the window. I mean, it's kind of at a standstill right now, but, like, obviously things are going to pick back up at some point because the Pac-12 and the ACC gotta do and the Big 12 have to figure out what is going on. You know? Because there's still a no man's land. I truly don't think the Big 12 thing happens, and I know things are going to have to be put to the side, but I really can't see, like, Stanford and Berkeley sitting at a table with West Virginia. I just... <laughs> I can't see it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'd pay so much money to go to that game because it's just a nightmare. I just want to oh sit in the God. room of those execs talking. <laughs> <laughs> this guy nah, you get like, to a yeah, you get to a certain you get to a certain level and they're all the same whether it's west virginia or stanford but it's true know. but just like thinking yeah, but... of, like visualizing that as a fan perspective like that's gotta be funny <laughs> the average stanford fan and the average west virginia fan in a bar together would be fucking oh, oh, comedy grade a comedy did you see uh at the college world series they had like the shots counter and stanford had like that, not even that bar 50 after the so, week was over. That bar made so much money, dog. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because I think Arkansas was in, like, the thousands. Four fucking dollars for a jello shot. <laughs> yeah, they... It cost them four dollars to make a box of jello shots. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, man. That was insane. Yeah, and one team I'd bought, like, like 4,000 of them? Yeah. Fuck. That's just nuts, dude. Um, So... To, to you know kind of piggyback off of that one of the big question marks of the conference realignment has been the oregon washington pairing because you know it's been floated around that oregon and washington have tied themselves together to all of their fans dismay but they did it they did it do you see them being in one of those power blank number conferences by the time all is said and done or do you see them getting left out but like what is by the time all is said and done like 10 years from now 20 it's, years from now like is it ever going to be said and done or are right we just now, always going to be in a constant state of movement right now the time frame is thought to be the start of the 2025 season oh uh i think and this is kind of a nerdy reference i think that this is kind of like in harry potter when like harry potter and voldemort know that for one to live the other has to die and i think that's where the pac-12 is with like the big 12 and the acc like all three of them are not going to survive long-term. And so they know that like a maximum of two of them are going to survive. And so I would think that Oregon and Washington are big enough names that they're going to end up in whatever those two of three conferences are. Now the Washington States and Oregon States, probably not so much, but I would feel pretty confident that Oregon and Washington are going to. See, you just gave me the worst worst news opinion possible. Like one of those two conferences is like a last resort. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm just hoping, man. Like, come on, we gotta. We gotta I mean, at this point, something. honestly, because you're assuming it's gonna be three or four. I mean, it's gonna be the Big Ten and the SEC is the big dogs, obviously. I think it's like, gonna be a big two. It's gonna be big two, but like two conferences are still gonna be in the picture for relevance' sake. You could argue. And at this point, I want to see the Pac-12 start absorbing teams because I'm obviously biased. I'm a Pac-12 fan. Yeah, hope y'all are ready to start getting treated like a G5. Now, That's not fun. Would, let me tell you. We've yeah. already. What do, what do you think's been happening to the Pac-12 for the past ten years? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, but I mean, if they absorb, they absorb these right? SMUs, these SDSUs, they absorb some of the Big Twelve, or they figure out that ACC thing, they'll survive. Joining the Big Twelve would 
be so bad. A conference, a, like a, a scheduling alliance. I hate that term now that the other alliance happened. I was going to say the other alliance did not turn out A so scheduling well. alliance or a scheduling <laughs> agreement with something in writing, Klyavkov, please, uh, <laughs> would be good with the ACC. But entering into the Big 12 is just admitting defeat and just like, we're done. Like, if you take the Pac-12 as is, add to whatever teams. Maybe it's SMU and Boise. And compare that to the Big 12 on the football field, the Pac-12 is still probably better. I take it. Because what? They have they have Baylor. Actually, they have Baylor, Oklahoma State left as the top contenders. Yeah. If you can if you can nab a couple of those teams and bring in an SDSU and an SMU or like a Fresno State, whatever, well, like if you break it down, who's the best team in that Big Twelve? Would you say Baylor? I'd say Baylor. Oregon and Baylor yeah. on an average year, who's winning? You'd probably bet Oregon on an average year. If you like you had a ten years, you had to bet all years, you had to pick one to win more games. You're probably taking Oregon. No, but that's so hard because Dave Aranda only has like a year under his belt and Baylor under Dave Aranda is so different than any of the Baylors in the past. Like all of the Baylors in the past have been offensive focus. We're going to spread our wide receivers out 52 and a half yards across the field. Whereas this new Baylor is focused on defense and being tough and disciplined and running the ball and game managing quarterback. So I don't, I don't even know that I would be willing to say comfortably that Baylor on average is worse than Oregon on average. Cause I don't really know what Baylor on average is. Well, in Oregon, too, they have a new coach also. We don't know what landing Oregon looks like yet. Yeah, my main basis off of that, too, in the future at least, is also part of recruiting. Like, Baylor has a a, a higher-rated recruiting class of 19 three-stars. If you want to win... Chip Kelly was an anomaly for all the Oregon fans who also, you know, when Mario left, they were like, oh, even if we don't recruit, we could still win. We used to do it. That you don't just do that. It doesn't just work like that. You have to recruit at a high level to win at a high level. If you don't, you're not going to do it. Yeah. it. For the most part, but if they're still landing enough for five stars. Which... 50%. Huh? You have to be at 50% to be competitive. I don't think that's – I think that's been proven wrong. For the most part, yes, I agree, but the only going to be – Two teams cases. to make a title game without 50% were Chip Kelly and Chip Kelly. Well, Mark Helfrich, but Chip Kelly. Yeah. Those are the only two teams under 50% to even play in or play for a title. Is that just playoff era, I assume? No, ever. And since recruiting, since recruiting has been tracked. I was going to say, because that's what? what is that's that since 19 2000? or 2002? Three? I think it's two, or 1999 is what it says right here. Since 1999. Okay, so yeah. since 1999 of the 23, cha- or 23 championship games, 46 championship teams, two have been under 50% blue chip ratio. Mm-hmm. Both of those were under an offense that was seen as revolutionary and changed the game of college football. Or football in general, some would say for the, the, the West Coast mix with the option that Chip Kelly first implemented and then backed away from a little later, but so it's it's competing at a it depends what level you want to compete at like can do you think Baylor can compete for you know a playoff spot or a title in the next 10 years or do you think that they're stuck at like a Iowa State level Yeah I mean did you get the the stats on the blue chip ratio from Bud Elliott and Cover 3 No from 247 Okay yeah so he write, he writes for 247 he that's oh, Okay Cover three is the podcast that they do through twenty four seven. So they also mentioned. So he mentioned that it's not 
an indicator on a game to game basis. Like the blue chip ratio yeah. is only good for like season overarching things. So going back to what I bet Baylor or Oregon, I don't know necessarily that I'd look at the blue chip ratio and say that that's, you know, indicative one way or the other. Well, who would be a, a better team on average? I mean, if Oregon's at 60 something percent and Baylor's at maybe 40 something percent. It's probably I mean, lower than 40 something. Yeah, that's I wanted to say 30 something, but I wanted to be generous towards them. Like if they're at that percentage, the odds of them being a better team at the, like at the end of the year ranked higher, who's the better team? The odds of Baylor being the better team more times than not is just it's lower. Yeah, statistically yeah. not probable. Right. right. If you are going just off the next next like two or three years, that would probably be Baylor because of yep. the momentum they got from last year. They are really good. <laughs> I trust that defense more than I trust Bo Nix. So, <laughs> listen, hey, hand the ball course. off. We got Sean Dollars. Just give him the ball. And, and uh, Cardwell, 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 balling too. Don't count oh. out my dark horse Heisman pick. Okay, dark horse <laughs> for the Heisman. So now that we're talking about how many games teams are going to win, we have the over unders for Oregon, Washington, and we'll probably cover the relevant other West Coast schools because nobody cares how many games Arizona State's going to win. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to get into that. CJ, I know you have something you would like to promote that is kind of relative to over-unders and and things of the sort. Uh, Would you like to get into that? Yeah, so Fifth Quarter has officially partnered with Underdog Fantasy. And for those of y'all that do not know what uh, Underdog is, uh, should definitely check it out on the App Store. It is the easiest way to get action on any sports that you can imagine. They even have eSports on there if you're a fan of watching CSGO. They have the PGA Tour, the WNBA, the MLB, everything you can imagine. Uh, I personally am a big fan of their pick'em games. They also have uh, traditional fantasy sports, uh, best ball drafts, so you can set and forget. Um, but pick'em, I'm a big fan of that specifically. Basically, how it works is you pick uh, over under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money on one single slip. If you pick uh, two over-unders, you can win three times your money. If you pick three over-unders, you can make six times your money. Four over-unders, you can pick, or you can win 10 times your money. And five over-unders, you can make 20 times your money. So you can put $1 down on one game and walk out of there with $20, or you could put, say, $10 down and walk out with $200 of profit strictly from just knowing what's going on in sports. And so that's huge. The other thing that I want to uh, point out is that their uh, Best Ball Mania 3 has started you can draft on there is $25 to enter top prize this year is $2 million so you can enter that for $25 and walk out of that a millionaire uh and so that's huge uh I was the one that got to talk to uh no Matt it won't be you I was the one that got to uh talk with underdog to get us set up with this partnership and uh, I really enjoyed that getting to know them phase because I could really tell that they're about the customer experience the consumer experience and that's huge because I think a lot of times when you look at these fantasy uh, apps, they're not necessarily looking at each individual player as uh, or looking at each individual player's experience. They're just thinking about the bottom line here. And I could tell that Underdog was really focused on making sure the players enjoy it. And they were very clear that they were open to feedback as we were going through the partnership. So I uh, have a promo code to share with you all. Uh, use code fifth quarter uh, at your initial deposit. If you put in at least $10, uh, Underdog will match that 100% up to $100. So if you put $100 in, you get $100 back. That's 200 total dollars that you can put on those pickums. You can turn that 200 into 4,000 in one night if you are 
good enough. So feels like a pretty good move. Or you could turn that 200 into, you know, 2 million, depending on how good you are. So anyways, uh, check out Underdog Fantasy on the App Store and use promo code fifth quarter when you sign up. So there we go. Uh, if you guys want to get your deposit matched, just go to Underdog Fantasy, type in the code fifth quarter, and you'll be good to go. Is it available in a lot more states than you might think? I know my uh, buddy, I was talking to him about it. He said, oh, I doubt that's going to be available in Alabama. Well, it is available in Alabama. There's only, I think, five yeah. states where it's not available. That's the beautiful thing about the way that they do it is they wanted to make sure they built out a game that would be allowed in a bunch of states. So instead of the typical um, kind of hard to understand, what does minus 150 even mean? The average person doesn't understand that. Um, it isn't like that. It's set payout. So if you find a line you like, you don't have to worry about, oh, it, is it way juiced to one side or the other? No, it's it's quick and easy. You just make your picks, tap, 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 put in how much you want your uh, slip to be worth, and then it submits and you're good to go. I put in four different slips with a total of 13 picks in them yesterday to get us kicked off on the first day, and it took me less than five minutes. It's super quick and easy. And like uh, Mike said, it's available in a bunch of states because it's considered a game of skill. It's not considered gambling. It's not considered a game of chance. Um so it's it's legal in a bunch of states, especially the fantasy drafts. Those are legal in the most states of the games they offer. So definitely check it out. So yeah, go check it out. And uh, odds are your state allows it. Um, we're going to get right past that into over-under win total, CJ. We also know that you did a bunch of write-ups on as many teams as you can. Probably every team. I haven't had a chance to look at them all, but you... Pick their over-unders and, you know, how their season is going to go in comparison to those over-unders. Uh, Oregon and Washington, how did they stack up for you? Yeah, so I'll just let you know right now. Right now I've picked all of the Power 5. I can't find all of the G5s. I wanted to be able to shop around a few books to lower the hold, which is basically, you know, you get better prices at the over and under. So instead of, you know, the house having a 4.5% edge on you, you can cut it down to 2 or 3%. Or in some cases you can flip it in negative and then you have the advantage. That's, you know, neither here than there. I explained it in the articles. Um, so I'm being patient to do the rest of the G5. But so the Power Five, I have Washington and Oregon both going over their respective win totals. Washington's at seven and a half. I gave it a confidence of two out of 10. I don't feel great about it because that offense was downright anemic last year. However, I do like the way the schedule breaks out. And when I saw seven and a half, my first thought was, oh, easy under. And then I went through picking each game and I went, no, I really like eight and four is the likely number here. Um, so that's, how I have that breaking down. And then Oregon, I have over eight and a half with a confidence of four out of 10. This one is a little tricky for me because I could poke holes in either side. Like I said, I don't know how I feel about Bo Nix, And that's just a nice way to say that I do know how I feel about him. And I don't really love him. <laughs> uh, it's just not great news. Also that five of the nine games are away. Um, but the good news is that four of the home games or the three of the home games being UCLA, Washington, and Utah. You want those tough games at home. Um, so that is a, a fortunate break. It's just unfortunate that I could see Oregon going anywhere from 7-5 and five to 11-1. and one. I have them at 10-2, and two, but I think 9-3 and three is probably a little bit more likely. Um, so, yeah, that's how I have those two. The best part about the Oregon games is Oregon out-talents everybody but Georgia. So you have the talent advantage. You just got to take advantage of it and execute. Uh, Matt will vouch. I was a big when Bo Nix first transferred. There are episodes of this show where I was pissed that we took Bo Nix to Oregon. Um, yeah, I've kind of warmed up on it a little bit. I'm not gonna. Of course lie. you have. No, 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 no. You, you say of course you have. You were not here last season, Matt. Did I warm up to our quarterback last season? Oh, 
lord you said like three nice things about him after the first game and that was it i did not warm up to that quarter if, if our no. players are not playing well i will let you know they are not gonna play well but, yeah, but he hasn't played for y'all yet no so it's easy to be a fan of him right now but if you watched how our guys played last year his play in the spring game is a step above how they played last year and he didn't do anything insane in the spring game it's just like oh hey it's a competent quarterback crazy <laughs> Just saying, Charlie Brewer looked like a spring game MVP. Well, he was a spring game MVP. Was he 13 for 13 for Utah? And then he was barely a 500 quarterback come season time. Yeah, I'm just saying, Charlie Utah's Brewer. defense is a little different. I'm just saying that Brewer and Bo Nix are more similar than I think you want to admit as far as quarterbacks go. Nah, man. Bo Nix is the dark horse for the Heisman. He <laughs> is the Heisman favorite on this podcast. He's and... copy pasta on a shirt, bro. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I will, Matt, do you want that on a shirt? I need it on White a White shirt. shirt, black text? We need it on a shirt. I'll get it done. <laughs> and if you want a copy of that shirt, we might sell it. You never know. We'll gauge the interest to see what's going on with it. I think it would be hilarious. It would be really funny. I want to go back to Washington, CJ, because what over you said about seven their, and a half. They're over, under. What you said I want to hit on because you said you would pick the under, but then you went to their schedule and had a hard time picking out five losses. It is really funny you mentioned that because I have started putting together schedule pickums and I'm of the same mindset where I would go under seven and a half and then I look at their schedule and I'm like, I'd really have to try to pick out five losses, but also I'm accounting for Pac-12 chaos. So I would go under seven and a half with them at seven. Well, see, that's why I like to pick every single game because it's, I think I heard on a podcast one time that when you don't do that, like it was this podcast. analysts tend to make it like 70% over. Cause you go, yeah, they could probably get to eight wins, but like every single team can't go over. Um, and so that's why I like to pick the over unders. Cause there are somewhere I'm like, Oh, they're easy over. And then I look at the end. I'm like, Oh, five and seven on a seven and a half over under. Well, I guess they're under. And like Washington, I would have said five and seven, six and six. And then I look at the schedule, like Kent state, Portland state wins. I mean, surely they're not going to lose to, two fcs teams in a row right i'm not i'm not counting anything out last year has proven to me that i cannot be confident about anything they, so. to be fair they lost as much talent not, not more as much talent as they added this team is going to be better i mean kalen devore is i mean they don't have jimmy lake at head coach so that is already doing them a lot of favors <laughs> bring back jimmy lake don't please <laughs> oh yeah yeah. it's just funny you pointed that out because the same thought like just played through my head when i was picking like season records and stuff so did they play oregon state i could see you losing that game i could too oregon no they're coming off a bye week i like him in that game oregon Um, state is good the four losses i have on my schedule are michigan state ucla arizona state and washington state uh you're welcome mike uh but (laughs) that's one of those where just like looking at it like I have Oregon at 10 and 2. Like, if they don't lose to Washington, like, Oregon's not an 11 1 team. And it was like, I needed losses. We're losing to Utah or BYU likely. or. Oh, well, they're losing to Utah. No, they're winning. Or they're winning to Washington before we lose to Washington. I'm sure. No. Rivalry game throughout, throughout, the, uh, throughout the record books. If, there was oh. a, if, there was, if this was a rivalry game, it'd be close in recent years. Was... I'm sure. Sure. Our true, so our anyways, true rival is Stanford. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of that. <laughs> That's why I have a that. ducks and trees podcast. 
Ducks and trees. Ducks and tree. Ducks, JT tree. Ducks and the Stanford tree. Does does Stanford tree? Does Stanford tree? I love it, CJ. I'm here for it. CJ, what do you I'm have Oregon State it. going? Just out of curiosity. Oregon State. Let me pull them up. I, I want to say five, really oh six and six. I really like them to make a bowl game. I have them at six and six. I have them beating Arizona State, Cal, Washington State, Stanford, Montana State, and Boise State. That's solid. I have them losing to Fresno, USC, Utah, Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. And Colorado sneaks up. This is packed. They could win a lot of those games, though. They could. I I have them at seven. I think on mine. So I don't. What's their over under? Uh oh, good question. Uh, let me Probably check. Like five and a half or four and a half. It's got. Uh, where did that spreadsheet go? Oh, there it is. You think? Uh, six and a half. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's plus one fifteen to the over though. So they really. Vegas is pretty much like they think it's going under, but I'd still five and a half would be too far the I'd other way. I'd take the over on that, honestly. I'd take the over. Well, I took the under. Huh. At least in my article I did. I, I, I put money on it. I think Jonathan Smith's one of the best coaches in the Pac-12. It's pretty good. Super underrated, for sure. Yeah. And they're getting a new stadium, so they'll be prepared to go win 11 games in the Mountain West. <laughs> Them and SMU battling. The, the, the one Oregon State fan who tries to make Oregon Oregon State a rivalry is the most entertaining thing on Twitter. As if we don't root for them eleven games out of the fucking year. Uh, so That's fun, to, man. Let's, let's go to Oregon now because they're at eight and a half. Um, and you took the over there, didn't you? We're beating Georgia week one. No, losing to Georgia. Twitter week user Lamike Black will be there. Therefore, Twitter user LeMike Black is manifesting a win. <laughs> You're traveling all the way to whatchamacallit, Georgia? Yeah. I live in Florida. All right. Well, then that's not that long of a trip. I don't know why in my mind you live in Oregon, even though I know where you live. Um, <laughs> I work at Publix. Do I live in, do I live in Oregon? <laughs> no, I'm going to guess not. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I have 10 and 2, which I think is – a little optimistic for first-year coach Bo Nix at quarterback, but toughest game at the same time, like, Oregon just has so much talent at so many different positions. Like, it's hard not to look at the schedule and be like, well, they're going to out-talent Washington State. They're going to out-talent Stanford. They're going to out-talent Arizona. Like, they have a really easy schedule. It's really nice. So. Just be BYU, please. I mean, the non-con is difficult, but in conference, I mean. We got, we still, we got the con. We have the Pac-12 champions, Utah, on our schedule, sir. Put respect. Well, they wouldn't have been the Pac-12 champions if you would have beat them one time. They wouldn't have been the Pac-12 champions if we fucking didn't have Anthony Brown playing quarterback. Yeah, Bo Nix is your savior. Listen, if you think Bo Nix is worse than Anthony Brown, you need to go watch some more Anthony Brown fucking football tape, CJ. Listen, I'm not saying either. I'm not saying one's worse than the other. I'm just saying 150,000 in debt is not too different than 170,000 in debt. I mean, no, at that no, no, point, no. You're this, is, this is 40,000 in debt compared to 40 million in debt. You say yeah. so. I he would rather a, take man. Dakota Pruk up back. Bro. CJ Verdell beat Ohio State, Matt, and you know that. Uh, no, actually, actually, a run to the left beat Ohio State. <laughs> run to the left uh, three times. That's all you had to do. We're just, we're just pushing narratives here, Mike. You know how we do it, man. Listen, all we do is push narratives, and I don't know if CJ was prepared. <laughs> he's here. He's, he's... You need to show CJ the playing cards. 
No, we're we're saving those for later. We're saving <laughs> but, those. But I feel like we're not gonna get to use yours. Somehow somehow, some way it'll surface. I'm just ready. They're on they're like in the drafts, ready to go. So <laughs> I'm ready for them too. I'll show you after we're done recording to see each other. It's, it's great. Uh but yeah, guys, that's about all we have for this episode. We try to keep them around 30 minutes, especially in the offseason. Sometimes we can ramble on during the regular season. I know we've had some hour and a half episodes then. As we get closer, we may get back to that. But don't forget to go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code for fifth quarter to get a deposit match up to $100. And we will see you guys on the next episode of the Ducks and Dogs podcast. Oh. Go Ducks. Matt, you're a hoe.